Dear fellow redeemed, we consider briefly today our reading from 2 Peter chapter 1. And you know, as well as I do, that we're here today because of a man. A man who studied the law, who knew the law forward and backward, who exercised it, and who applied it, often very publicly. A man who spent his life serving others. A man who his closest friends and his family would talk about afterward as a man who just had a heart like none other, who was always there with whatever you needed. We're here about a man who loved deeply. And that love directed everything that he did and said. And that man, of course, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who made Carl his own. Jesus Christ, who wasn't simply interested in making sure that God's people knew God's law, but even more so was interested in, in buying people back from the power of sin. Jesus Christ, who spent his life in service to you and to me and to Carl. And if you wanted to see just the tiniest glimpse, the tiniest glimpse of what the grace of Jesus looks like, what his undeserved love for sinners such as you and me looks like, no doubt we've got a reflection of it in the life of our loved one, Carl. Because as we, as we talk about this today a little bit, what we really see is, first of all, God's grace to Carl. Then we see God's grace through Carl. And then finally, for you and me, God's grace for all who knew Carl. God's grace to Carl. He, he spent his life from the Air Force to law enforcement to even getting his JD. He spent his life studying the law and applying the law. And, and one thing I can say even pastorally, that if there's anybody who, who understands God's law clearly, most of all, it's those who serve in law enforcement because they've been entrusted with carrying out that law and exercising that law on the behalf of God's, of, of God's people under the order of government that God has set up. And Carl knew that law. And you could ask him, you could ask him about statutes. You could ask him about um, kind of differences in case law. You could ask him, and he would have an answer. And he would sit down with you. He'd say, come on over, I'll make some brownies. Here, have a brownie. <laughs> have a brownie. And I kid you not, he comes out carrying a brownie. And he must have carried it out on a, like a pizza sheet. The brownie is about this big. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait, I have to get one for myself now, too, right? <laughs> he knew the law. But even more, he knew God's law. And it's the same law that resonates in your heart and mine. It's the same law that makes, makes days like funerals so incredibly distressing and heart-rending. Because... People aren't supposed to die. But God's law says that's the natural paycheck, that's the natural result of, of life as a sinful person. 
And even though, even though we could spend hours and days and years and decades talking about all the wonderful things that our loved one did and said and was, and they would all be true, even though we could spend the rest of our lives remembering Carl, his funeral is almost a reminder that even the best among us have an endpoint. And it's terrifying to this heart of mine. And I pray that it is for yours as well, because, because death is the natural result of sin. And that's what God's law says. Carl knew that law. Yeah, he knew, he knew state law, he knew county law, he knew all those things. But above all, he knew the law of God, which is why he was here. Because the law isn't the only thing God had to say. Left to our own devices, the law is nothing but despair and death. But Carl was here, sitting right back there, almost every single service. And then even coming, <laughs> coming for private communion um, during the disruption of coronavirus. Because he knew that God had more to say than just law. He was here because of that man, Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of Mary, at the same time. Carl was here not just because he knew the law, but precisely because he knew the law. And the only remedy for God's law is this man on a cross who by himself wasn't going to die. He had no sin. But he chose. He chose that cross to carry Carl's sin and yours and mine. Carl came here to this place called Resurrection because he knew God's law, but most of all, he knew the message of forgiveness through the cross of Jesus. And that that cross, that, that death that looks so shameful, um, and the weight of sin seemingly bending the arms of the cross, Carl knew that wasn't the end because we're Resurrection Lutheran Church, the church that he loved. And right behind me in this beautiful stained glass picture is an image of the resurrection of Jesus. You see him on the side here with this flag of victory where Jesus, you know, that term resurrection, sometimes I have to explain this a little bit. Jesus came back from the dead because what happens when we die, our body stays here and our soul goes to stand before God. And at the end of time and what happened with Jesus on the third day after his crucifixion, and at the end of time for you and me, the body and soul will be brought back together again in a glorified way with no more pain, no more 20 surgeries to undergo, no more sin, no more guilt, no more shame, none of it. That God is going to raise Carl's body back to life, bring Carl's soul back from heaven, put it together and into the most glorified way. And that is the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection means that, that Carl's sin was forgiven. The resurrection means that when Carl was baptized as a little child, there his sin was washed away. 
The truth of the resurrection is that even as we gather to mourn with the morning and we feel that verdict of law and sin and death in our own hearts, the truth of the resurrection is that the resurrection of Jesus is stronger than your sin. And even on the way in today, we've got that candle right back there by the uh, baptismal font. And we only light it for baptisms and funerals. But it's this visual reminder that there at his baptism, Carl was clothed not with the verdict of his own works and law, but with the righteousness of Jesus. The man Jesus Christ. Talk about God's grace to Carl. But to be able to talk about the reflection of Jesus that we saw in Carl's life, we have to talk about God's grace through Carl. I'm sure, <laughs> I, I have absolutely no doubt that if you knew him for any length of time, that he would, he would willingly, gladly sit down with you and, and give you advice. If you were related to him or needed to be raised by him, <laughs> maybe he was even a little bit more forward than that and, uh, <laughs> and had a nice way of, of correcting you, maybe gently, maybe more abruptly. And if you were related to him or knew him for any length of time, he was the, the one that you could say, hey, can I come over for a while? And he, he had those darn brownies again. <laughs> and he would sit with you and listen to your concern and give you the guidance that you needed. God's grace through Carl. That above all else, his life, which had been shaped by the word of God, was something that he wanted to spend in service to the Lord so that his family, his children, his grandchildren would know what it means to live with Jesus, not just as some faraway truth that's going to take place in heaven, but as a present reality that Christ is mine now, that I have life with him now. And you just look at his life and you think back, think back over the memories and look back through the pictures and you see time and again, not just the great things that Carl did and accomplished, but the grace of our God through Carl, the blessing that, that he brought to your life. No doubt the special memories that you have tucked in the back of your mind of God's grace through Carl, the wonderful man that he was and is, and the wonderful things that he did. And above all, he, above all, he wanted to make sure that, that you knew exactly what it was that he believed, that, that his greatest accomplishment wasn't achieving his JD or becoming elected sheriff or having a beautiful, wonderful marriage for a very long time to the love of his life, but the greatest accomplishment was to, to stand here, sit here at the feet of Jesus, and to know that for the sake of that man on the cross, he would have life forever. That's what he talked about with, with his family, with his kids. And chances are he probably talked to you about that too. Talk about God's grace to Carl. God's grace through Carl. But we also have to talk about God's grace for all who knew Carl. And I had to make it rhyme. But Carl's not lost. Because that's the final point. 
not just God's grace to Carl, not just God's grace through Carl, but for all of us who knew Carl, that, that he's safe in heaven with Jesus. That there's no doubt, no worry, no concern, no thinking, wait, I, he might be in the waiting room of heaven. Absolutely not. That last day when, when he took his last breath here and his eyes closed here was his first breath and his eyes opening in heaven. Heaven, the place of no more sin or death or mourning or crying or pain, the place of no more surgeries, no more worries, no more shame or guilt. The place where the angels and God's people from all time are gathered around the throne of Jesus Christ. And yes, the only, as the song said in our visitation today, the only scars in heaven are the scars in the hands of Jesus who holds him and takes care of him still today. God's grace for all who knew Carl that you can say with confidence, you know, I can see Carl again, I will see Carl again because of this Jesus. Because this Jesus was a human just like my loved one Carl, just like me, human flesh and bones. And because of this Jesus, I can say my sin is forgiven. Because of Jesus, I can say my loved one is in heaven. Because of Jesus, I can look forward to a reunion. Because of Jesus, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, Jesus died, and as a result, for every Christian, it's not really a death, but a falling asleep in Christ. That scripture never talks about Christians as dying because death means a separation, like a separation from God. But it talks about Christians as falling asleep in Christ. That the casket we have here today is as temporary for Carl as the bed you woke up from this morning. That for all of us who knew Carl, we can look forward to a reunion, a reunion when Jesus will raise him and everyone from the dead, and we will stand before the throne of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and just marvel, fall on my knees, and I will cry. Worthy is the Lamb. To marvel at God's grace, yes, not just to Carl, but to you and me. Not just through Carl, but through him to us. And because of God's grace in the person and work of Jesus Christ, there's a promised reunion for those who knew Carl. I think the, the only way I could summarize this was something that I uh, shamelessly smeared from one of the family members who put it very well. And it went like this. This was off of Facebook. I just printed it off this morning. But I saved it like five days ago. <laughs> and the names are slightly altered to protect the innocent. It reads like this. Thank you all for your thoughts and prayers. The love and support have, that has been poured out to me and my family is truly felt. The sadness, of course, is very real. But so is the comfort of knowing that there are others that are feeling love and compassion for us as well. Your prayers work. Our God, he is great in love, comfort, and mercy. Carl is resting at Jesus' side with all the loved ones that have passed before him. I know this, and it brings me so much comfort. Yet again, 
Carl has made clear a hard lesson that I thought I understood, but that now I truly grasp the comfort we have in Christ. Comfort for us, to us. Comfort that he wants to express through us. Comfort for all of us who knew our beloved Carl and the promise of a future forever. Amen.